Orphan Black, the next chapter, is back for season two, and it's bigger than ever. The official continuation of the hit TV show stars Emmy Award-winning actress Tatiana Maslany as all of the clones. And this season, she's joined by original TV show cast members Jordan Gavaris as Felix, Evelyn Brochu as Delphine, and Christian Brune as Donnie. Season two picks up where season one left off with, spoiler alert, the secret of the clones finally exposed to the general public. Hundreds of previously unaware clones grapple with the news that they are part of a massive military science experiment. Meanwhile, anti-clone protesters fight to have the clones' rights restricted. Caught in the middle, the Sestras want peace, and when an unforeseen threat turns their world upside down, they must join forces with former enemies to protect the ones they love. Orphan Black, the next chapter, is available right now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to listen and subscribe, or visit realm.fm for more information. The following panel is brought to you by the Sundance TV headquarters at the 2018 Sundance Film Festival. Enjoy. All right. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing? Uh, I'm Jan Diedrichsen. I'm the GM of Sundance TV and Sundance Now. Thank you so much for being here at the Sundance TV headquarters. We are having a fantastic time, and we are about to have even a more fantastic time because we have the uh, close-up with the Hollywood Reporter Actors Panel. We have a fantastic lineup for you today. We're going to bring everybody out at once, uh, but I'm going to introduce you to our moderator. Uh, she is the awards editor at the Hollywood Reporter. She'll introduce our panel. Please welcome Rebecca Ford. with you. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us here. We've got a really great lineup here. I'm just going to quickly introduce everyone, and then we'll do, um, I have quite a few questions for the group, and then we'll open it up to a few audience questions (laughs) at the end. Um, So I'm going to start right here with Jim Parsons. Hello. Hello. You may know him from The Big Bang Theory, of course, for Maybe. which he's won Emmys and Golden Globes that he carries around in his pocket. I'm oh, sure. yes. They're not and, um, and he's here with a great film called A Kid Like Jake. Um, and up next, we have John Cho, who is... Um, who was here last year with the beautiful film Columbus, uh, which I caught last year and really loved. And he's back with a film called Search, which um, also was just picked up for distribution overnight. Wow. Up next, we have Thaisa Farmiga. Yeah. You, you may know her from films like The Bling Ring or the American Horror Story uh, television series. Um, and she is here with two films. She's got uh, What They Had and The Long Dumb Road, both here. And of course, on the end here, we have Joel McHale. He's a... Uh, He's a a super shy guy, as you can tell, who um, you may know from the series Community. And he, it was just announced he's going to have his own Netflix show. Hey! Hey! (laughs) 
Netflix, February 18th, everybody. February 18th, everyone. Um, and he's also here with two films. He's got uh, Assassination Nation, which was in the Midnight series, and um, A Futile and Stupid Gesture, in which he plays Chevy Chase. Yeah. Thank you. So um, I'm going to start it out with where they say a lot of projects start, which is the script. So how do you know when you're reading a script if it's something that's right for you, that you want to pursue, or if it's for the pass pile? Who wants to start? Um, usually for me, I can't put it down. You know, um, If you're reading and then all of a sudden you get to the end and you're like, ah, wait, don't stop. I want, I want more. Um, and you just kind of know. I don't know. There's not like really... For me, there's not a formula. It's just, it's all feeling. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that if you could finish it, if you finish it at all, that's a really good sign. Um, and uh, frequently, as far as like, I, I want to be a part of this, like I, I can see a role for me, that's just something that pops up along the way. And eventually you're like, I, I could totally say that guy's words and that would be believable. And that's kind of where I, I'm like, I want to play him. And I think that would work. Mm -hmm. I, well, I, I don't have as many opportunities as these people, so I take almost anything off. Uh, if you have the spec scripts you'd like me to read, I'm... I look for um, a character being described as Asian. As do I. I do, too. <laughs> But on the other, another thing that I've been thinking about recently is sometimes you're reading a script and um, I'm feeling like, I don't feel like this movie needs to be in the world, you know? And sometimes you have the opposite feeling. You're reading a script and you think, this thing needs to be out there, really. And you feel that really badly. And, and those are the ones that I kind of gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. Joel, I'm curious for you, when you read this script um, that you would potentially play Chevy Chase, was that intimidating? Obviously, you know him and have seen him and worked with him and things like that. Uh, it wasn't, I mean, I wasn't intimidated because no one intimidates. Oh, God. <laughs> and, um, no, I, I, the, the, I was fascinated because the script is, uh, uh, well, it was terrific and uh, it, it is totally different than uh, it's about this guy named Doug Kenny who started a phone company that it. just start begun ringing. But uh, but it's about the early days of the National Lampoon, and it was basically the first cast of Saturday Night Live. And Doug Kenny started the National Lampoon. He wrote uh, Animal House. He wrote uh, Caddyshack, and then he died very suddenly, very young. But he had changed American comedy, and Chevy was just about to be the biggest star of the eight, comedy star of the 80s and we're the same height so and <laughs> a number of people passed and once Paul Bettany and Matthew Lillard were out I was in so but it was I did have to study young Chevy Chase a lot because everyone knows Chevy right. and everyone now when once they've seen the movie they're like it's a solid B <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, it's better than high school. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, are there times in your experience where you've read a script and you know you felt like you knew what the movie was going to be when it was finally made, and then it it wasn't. It it was something totally different, whether better or disappointing for you. And and what is that experience like if you have been through that? 
I can't think of a specific time that I've been in something where I was like, boy, this is not what I thought. But <laughs> I have read several things where it's always interesting to read a script, even if you don't end up doing it, that eventually gets done and somebody else does the part. And it's, I would say more often than not, not exactly, not exactly, not at all what you pictured. And, and that's always nice. Some are, you know, but, but there's frequently the experience, I think that's one of the joys of working on anything is the amount of people involved in shaping a piece to what it is. You are, you are one small part of it, even if your part happens to be huge. Um, and uh, I don't know, I think that's one of the fun things. A lot of things end up better. I would say most things end up better because of the tribulations of change and like, oh, that's not what I think it should be, but then you go with it and, and it's like, oh, that's actually much more interesting. <laughs> Um, we probably have some filmmakers in the audience, and I think the director, of course, is a very key part of your experience as actors. Uh, what can you tell me about what makes a good director for, your, for you? What traits do you look for? What are some of the best experiences you've had with a director? I think like dress code is usually pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Only suits. Do you get suits. uncomfortable easily? I'm very uncomfortable. Yeah. I, they are in, uh, directors are usually uh, useless. And uh, no, they're the That's most important. That's gonna be the quote. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're the, they're without a good director, you're, it's like a symphony that's not being conducted. Very good. There's, very good. There's the quote. But what is a good director? What, what makes a I, I found, sometimes I feel like um, there are directors who delight in actors and some that I feel like maybe I just, I wish they would just do, you know. Um, and uh, I tend to like the directors that like me. Yeah. <laughs> but don't you find, in all seriousness, you don't have to love working with somebody and they put on a hell of a good show and you yeah. really love being a part of their stuff. I could, directors can be good in so many different ways, you know. I think communication is pretty key at some level like being good at communicating in general. It doesn't always have to be verbal, but I feel like some directors are really good at different parts of the process, and as long as you've got something where you make your money, as it were, uh, you can put together a really good movie. But I agree with you, it's nice to have somebody to collaborate also with. Also knowing what you want, right? Even if it's something Huge. you disagree with, if they are just, uh, it, no, I'm, I'm sorry, You're, that's not gonna be way, yeah, this is it, this is the way I see it, and I'm really okay with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, sir, any problems. directors that you don't like? <laughs> wow. Names, um, names, names, just names. Make a list. <laughs> Rhymes with. No. Um, it's funny. I, there's been a director or two that I've worked with that I don't love them personally, but I love them as a director, and we had this. Stand up. <laughs> Are you in here? Martin Scorsese. <laughs> no, not, not in a bad way. Just, you know, people have different personalities, and you don't always mesh with everyone you work with. And, um, but for some reason, talking about this specific character, we, we just could read each other's mind. And that's all that's important is being able to communicate, as Jim was saying. And even if it's only about this specific little project, that's fine. You don't have to go to dinner and enjoy it and have drinks. It's fine. You can just work together. Have you um, ever signed on to a role and then gotten into the project and been like, I don't know if I can do this, realized it, it, it is a, maybe a bigger challenge than you expected, and how did you sort of All of them, sort of. <laughs> I mean, I've always panicked in a trailer at some point. <laughs> I was playing John Cho in... <laughs> 
Star Trek, but not. He was playing Sulu. Was very. Um, actually, I uh, I did uh, my first play, an off-Broadway play in New York City, two years ago, and I'd never done theater before. Um, so I had signed on in October, and re- rehearsal started like January fourth or something. And so you know, I, I'm not the kind of person that like chases things that scare me. I, I'm good at putting myself in situations, like ahead of time, I, I say yes, and then I know when the time comes, I'm probably gonna be incredibly scared. But at this point, I can't really do anything. I just have to go ahead and just work hard and try my best. So I signed on to do this play, and leading up to it, I just had so many panic attacks and anxiety attacks, and I was like, what am I gonna do? I don't know what I'm doing, I've never done it. And then, you know, you just kind of fall on your face. And then you get up and you fall on your face and you get up. And then at some point you stay standing longer than you're on the floor and it feels good. And you were, learn something. Were you drunk during this? <laughs> oh, listen, I had just turned 21. I was getting my footing. Very Shelly Winters of you. It's <laughs> good. Hey, that worked out well for her. Yes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, in, you could uh, I'm in Jim's camp where I am in a, I go like, they're going to find out I'm a fraud right now. Oh. And, uh, and I'm in a constant state of panic. But, all, it, but I just, I don't know. I think it's the majority, don't want to speak for everybody, but I think it's the majority of actors that feel that sort of like, I mean, sometimes you feel like, I'm really very good. And then there are so many other times where you're like, I don't know, even know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And somebody's going to come along and go, you have no reasoning behind you. And this is bullshit. And um, I hate it better. when I think I've just nailed it. And they're like, let's do it again. Let's go. <laughs> it's not- There's also like, yeah. you, I think that you begin a shoot and... You- I start out the shoot really prepared, mm-hmm. and I'm, I know what I'm doing that first week, and I've kind of tracked everything, and then about halfway through, just the schedule starts to kick you yeah. in the ass, and you're just trying to keep your head above water, and that's when I start going, okay, I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. I'm starting to slip on the ice everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Metaphor. <laughs> Except for John Cho's new movie, Ice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think some directors like for us to be in that slippier position, though? Yeah, maybe. So we can I, rely I don't know, on them? but huh? So we can rely on them. <laughs> they want well, I don't know if it's like a codependency trial thing, but maybe, maybe that's it. But maybe it puts you in a more vulnerable position, yeah. and that 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 shows through the lens. I don't know. But I don't like feeling that way. Well, sometimes it's interesting to come in with a little less preparation and just, sometimes it turns out badly, but sometimes it's interesting to come onto set and just look, uh, look at what's there. And, Respond to and that. Happen, yeah. And make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a, a moment in your career when you realized that you had made it, as they say, that you could make a living out of this and really be an actor? Was there a certain project where you felt like, think this is happening for me? Or are you still wondering if <laughs> I think I think Jim is still wondering <laughs> if Big Bang Theory is gonna work out. Um, yeah, I mean no, I think I'm okay with the TV. I mean I, I mean it's just it's, it's an awkward point in that way. That's not awkward, but yeah, at some point the, the TV show was going it was like I I can pay rent, I'm fine for now. <laughs> but you know what? You never know. <laughs> the opposite where you said maybe I should try something else if if there was a time when things weren't coming your way before before the TV shows or 
before. I, I chose to be like a samurai, and if it didn't work out, I would stab myself. Because <laughs> there's nothing else I'm good at. <laughs> I felt like, I think, it, it wasn't so much as security, but um, after I did Star Trek, I was like, oh, this is, uh, because it was such a part of American culture in some way, I thought this is, I've done something. I've participated in something that will be remembered mm-hmm. by, you know, by a certain number of people. Mm-hmm. Pesa, what about you? Have you always um, on this path? Sorry, say that again. Have you always been sure that acting is where you? Uh, no, I actually um, I wanted to be an accountant because I love math and numbers that much, and I'm a nerd, and I was in the chess club. Um, so it kind of just it kind of just happened. My uh, my older sister Vera is an actress, and she directed her first film uh, almost eight years ago, and it got into Sundance, and that was the first time I came to Sundance seven years ago, and. I was here, I was taking pictures, and they was like giving coats and jackets, and it was a great time, but I was also like, but accounting's cool too. <laughs> so, but then um, she just encouraged me to say, Not nearly <laughs> I don't know you guys, my accountant loves me. I'm really good at spreadsheets. Um, what kind of free stuff do you get in a <laughs> Money, I don't know. Um, anyway, so, you know, it, uh, it kind of just it kind of just happened. I got set on this path and this door was opened and you know I nudged it with my foot and then all of a sudden now I'm just figuring things out and I'm and I realize I can't live without this. Like I I, I figured out who my personality is through acting and through, you know, playing these characters. I was a super shy like 16-year-old. I couldn't even make eye contact and have a conversation and now <laughs> look at me. Now look at a lot of people, a lot of eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I, when I was asked to appear on Sesame Street, I literally was like, "Oh my god, mm. I've, this, I've, there's, this is some weird marker in my career." And they've never asked again. But still, <laughs> that was, I was it. the one. They banned Sesame you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys are probably beyond this point now, but I'm always uh, fascinated by auditions and the process that actors have to go through to put themselves out there like that and, and go through rejection. And, and I'm curious for you all, how did you deal with that process and, and sometimes not getting a part you maybe thought you were the perfect person for? First off, you'd be surprised. We're probably none of us completely beyond that. Um, you still have to audition yeah. a lot of the time. Uh, I personally, I'll go first, always enjoyed it. I, um, For the most part, it's, it's pressurized or whatever, but if I had enough time to work on something and I really, really enjoyed it, I, um, I really tried to view it as like, well, this is your one shot to perform it possibly, so go in and do it. And, and I and I and I liked it. I did. I mean, I'm not dying to do it every week, but you know, I enjoyed it. I think it's tricky about auditions. Is I I I, I mean, I think that there was a time in my career when I was younger. I I saw it as a game, and you know, um, and sort of I I wouldn't say liked it, but enjoyed the challenge of it. But um, it is an odd. Thing because it isn't quite acting, but it resembles acting. You know, it looks like acting, but it's a different thing. You're in an office. You're not in wardrobe. The person you're acting with isn't looking at you. Is yeah. reading from a paper, and um, then there's other people watching you, and you only get one shot at it. And then, um, you know, typically you don't have a whole bunch of other people that look like you in the room outside. When you're yeah. Acting, yeah. When you're actually acting. That's that's rare, so uh, so yeah. I mean, it, it's it's just a different thing that you have to get good at. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely still auditioning on a pretty regular basis, and sometimes I don't mind it because I want to prove to myself that I can do it. You know, sometimes I read a character and I'm like, I don't know if I'm the best one for this. And then other times I read, I'm like, okay, this is me, I need it. And of course, you don't always get it. But I like the challenge of going in and, I don't know, trying to convince someone that you're someone else. It's hard though, I mean, I mean, you know, rejection's not fun, but I've always tried to have the attitude of, okay, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna care so much up until, you know, I walk into the room, let it go, do it, and then whatever happens, I just make myself forget about it. Like a lot of people, they call the manager immediately, they're like, okay, this is what happened, let me know what they say. <laughs> I can't do that, I really can't. I have to disconnect, otherwise I think I would just be living in like this deep, dark hole for most of my life. Mm -hmm. um, plus then also you forget about it, and then, you know, you get a call and they're like, hey, so they really liked you, and that's like a surprise you know? I don't know. I prefer it that way. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I hate it and I love it. It's like uh, going to a restaurant that has a different chef every night and you go like, huh. that was great. I love it. I will do it again. And then, and then I want to uh, set fire to the office after <laughs> so, uh, but, but John is right. The, like doing a studio test for a television show is the most abnormal way to yeah. perform. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like skiing, I don't know, on a flat surface that's not snow. It's, it doesn't make any sense. And Describe the, what a, a, a network test is like. What are the... I've never done one, but uh, no, it's it's a bunch of executives in someone's office looking at you, going like this. Also, you sign a you sign a contract prior to auditioning, so you're outside the room and then you sign a seven year contract, and then you go in and perform. And they also tell you how much money you could be making. Yeah. No pressure. And that's not distracting. No, it's really ridiculous and. Uh, I, 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 I can't believe you guys still have to audition, but, uh, uh, you guys, sweet of you, Joel. You're terrific. <laughs> and then when you get offered a role, you're like, well, of course, I'm at this period of my career. This is exactly what I expected. And but I do think, to your point, uh, who said it now? One of you did. Um, but there's something about it that it, it, it's also, it is that interview process where the shame of not auditioning anymore is, the audition often lets people, well, A, it lets you discover people you didn't know about, but, but in addition to that, you, you, you feel each other out a little bit and, and just know, like, I don't know, like, this, is a, this could work, this could be a good relationship, or we have a decent vibe together, whatever, and, and you don't do that as much. Oh, that was the point you made that was so big, is that, to me at least, it's like, auditioning, when you go in and get something, you do feel that level of proving yourself that, yeah, I thought I could do it, and I can do it, and they thought so too. And when you're offered something, it's exciting, but it's a little bit scarier, because you're like, why do they think I can do it? I think I can do it. I don't <laughs> oh God, know I know. if I can do it, but I think I can do it. Uh, the other so. practical thing I think is complicated about auditioning is that everyone expects you, you, you come in with a certain set of choices, and um, based upon the actor and the other actors not being there, and then you come on to set, and I often think that the, if the director and the producer sort of want you to replicate those choices, and you may not be feeling it that day with that group of actors in that moment. You mean like if they call you back or whatever? No, I mean oh. if you book. Oh, like once you get oh, on set. Oh, I see what you're saying. So oh, right. It's like so I did all that without knowing anybody else. Right, <laughs> and then you come in and you're less open to what's happening that day because you sort of did it this way. Yeah. 80 times, you know what I mean? Uh, with your friend in the living room, 
you know, so. Mm -hmm. um, John, I'm curious, have you, you know, and I think this was referenced on like Aziz Ansari's show, the sort of like stereotypes that come with being a, a, a diverse actor. Have you ever dealt with that when you walk into auditions where they're expecting something because you are an, an Asian American? Um, you know, uh, less so than most because early on I just stupidly decided that I wouldn't take auditions that I felt like made fun of uh, people that look like me. At the time, I just felt like it didn't make much sense to do it. Um, I didn't feel like they, it would be furthering my career to play, to do a Ching Chong accent, and I didn't feel like, it wasn't that much money, you know, to be honest, and I, I, so uh, I just said no to that sort of thing. But yeah, uh, obviously that's a, a real situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, we are talking about the art of filmmaking, but of course, it takes money to make these movies, and, and it is a business for a lot of people. Is there something that frustrates you about the business of making movies, and, and maybe the choices, either networks or studios, or that are sort of made uh, when it comes to the way you get how it affects you? Or. No, I mean, well, I mean, all I'm thinking is, well, everything, <laughs> everything about the process in the business sense is frustrating, artistically speaking. I don't, but it's hard to point to one thing because, I mean, so many things are, are wonderful and, and so much, any decision being made that's not based on something I can understand, which is not saying they shouldn't, but it's like, uh, a real, I don't know what to call it, a businessy decision that I'm like, I don't, why would you, what are we thinking about? Who's basing this on what? Then that's, that's frustrating, you know. It's frustrating to have to, like with the movie we did that's here, we, uh, we, we didn't know until literally, I don't know, 72 hours before that we were actually going to go. Mm. We, we were in pre-production, everyone was working for free, and we were, there was like all these different financial dominoes, and as soon as one would fall, they would all fall, but it was like, who's gonna give, who's gonna give? Mm -hmm. and, um, and it happened, but it's a, it's a bizarre way to go about working, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in independent film, it's always unpredictable. Yeah, It's hard to put yeah. on a lot of different companies to back the film, or? And TV is usually more sure. Once it's greenlit, it's going. It may fail very quickly and you're done. It's not hard to tell, but it's like once it's greenlit, you're making that pilot and, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think the, the, I mean, for me, the thing that I always want more of almost in anything that I do is time. And that's the most expensive uh, commodity there is. And I just wish that there was a way to get it right when you wanted to get it right until you were happy. But there's always, you know, somebody always says, that's it, we gotta move on. So time to prepare or time actually to do the scene? Time also? on the day, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I, I always think, I think about like when I get frustrated with an executive or something and I'll be like, ah, oh, that marketing, they didn't do it. And then I go like, oh right, my brother is an electrician and he is trying not to blow himself up today. <laughs> and so I'm like, these are, I was like, I, thank God for these problems that I have. My other brother's a priest and I was like, what did you do today? And he's like, I helped two people at the hospital slowly die. It was fun. And uh, so I'm always like, right, I'm always, keep this in, because someone is paying you to do something you love. You have a priest in the family? He's an Episcopal priest in Oakland, California. And, uh, <laughs> Oakland. Uh, was that for Oakland or Episcopal? Yeah. <laughs> Which one was it? <laughs> Oakland? Oakland. 
Oh, go Raiders for the next year. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, if you could go back and give yourself some advice when you were start, sort of starting out, was there anything you would have told the younger version of yourself to do a little differently or perspective-wise maybe at that time? I know what I would, would have told a young John Cho. But, uh, <laughs> for myself, I can't. What? Are you not going to tell I have No, I was, that was a joke. I have, uh, continue to have fabulous hair. That's, I would, don't ever, don't ever shave it because it it's glory. Well. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, um... I mean, probably, I guess I would just tell myself, like, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. I guess I just did it perfectly, so I really just don't have any advice for that. You know, I will say this in all seriousness. I am, I think if you feel determined as an actor, and that's all I'll speak towards now, but as an actor and you feel, I'm going to keep plugging away at this, in some ways, the from my viewpoint now, I do feel that in a certain level, ignorance was bliss. Um, if I, I, if I knew <laughs> the tiny hole in the gigantic sieve that I had to get through to get certain things that I got, you know, um, I was thinking specifically. Zach Braff posted something of um, an image from Garden State on his Instagram the other day. And again, having put, helped put together this movie that we have here now, I'm, and, and having gone through casting and whatever, I was like, the, I, I can't believe I got that. At the time, it seemed so natural. I was like, well, it was a good audition. It went well. It was a lovely experience. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, oh my god. I was so much more fortunate timing whatever than I even could have understood at the time. And I don't think it would have helped me to have had that concept. I needed to feel like, this is all working out great. We're going to keep going. Keep going. Um, but maybe some people could know all that and keep going. I worry that, that all that information would have hindered me, though. Mm -hmm. I, just on, uh, I think maybe on a similar tip, I, I, I maybe would have told myself, uh, I actually I probably tell myself this today, um, relax and enjoy it a little bit more, because you're so busy thinking about getting the next thing. And, and you know, we're in, you know, we lead nomadic lives. And um, I think I'd tell myself this, you'll look back on this and, uh, fondly, but right. right now I'm so stressed about everything right. all the time. And, yeah. and I think it's like you can't at the time unless you accidentally have, I don't know killed someone at an audition. Like oh, I backed over that guy before the audition. <laughs> but it's like giving notes on improv, where you go, if only you had done this in the scene, mm -hmm. you had gone to that window. You're like, yeah, but it was improv. So. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's at the time, it's the, with the best information you have. Yeah. I'm curious, um, how do you feel when you're watching your own performances? You're here at Sundance, you're sitting in your premiere, you're maybe seeing it for the first time. Uh, do you Deeply fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> I just applaud. <laughs> I'm about to come on screen, everybody get ready. <laughs> shh, shh, I'm on, I'm on. Why are you going to the bathroom? What the 
But can you enjoy it, or are you just trying not to be self-critical? It, it depends on it depends on the movie. Um, I got to see uh, one of the movies I had called What They Had um, yesterday afternoon, and I didn't know what to expect. And when I was filming it back in March, I'd been dealing with some stomach health stuff, so my memories at the time have just kind of like blurred. And I didn't know what to expect, and I went in, and I was captivated. I absolutely loved it. And it's not, you don't always feel that way. I'm also totally bragging about my movie right now. <laughs> but, um... That's yeah. salesmanship. No, but, but truly, it's not, it doesn't happen all the time where, you, where I watch a movie, and I'm in it, and I get sucked in. And I'm not like, oh, God, I made that face. I just, I'm like, oh. It, like, it works. Like, we, we made something, we made something that, that, that's moving. Wow. And... You know, it's it's not always like that. So, I don't love watching my stuff, but I think it's um I think it's good to see it once, especially in an audience, because then you can see what they're feeling and, and see if it's as good as you think. Mm -hmm. There's no better audience than the Sundance audience. Yeah, they, yeah, they love movies. Yeah, exactly. John, how about you? Do you like watching your own movies, or how do you? I mean, I, I'm uh, uh, mixed. I mean, I, I uh, don't love watching. I'm critical. If you have a good time, if you've had a good time watching it uh, or making it, it brings up good memories. So that's also fun. On the other hand, I have this other. Uh, I just last night, you know, we had our um, premiere and the. You know, the, the movie, uh, I play a dad, uh, my daughter goes missing, it's an Asian family, and I did have this reaction last night. I was in Sundance, and I was, had a, I was watching the whole event, and um, you know, I said something on stage, which is I just couldn't, uh, I, I'd seen it once before, at my agency's uh, in a screening room, and was sort of trying to understand the movie so I could talk about it when it came to Sundance, but, Watching it last night at the most consequential film festival in America, watching this family that looked, resembled mine so much, you know, it was very cool for me. And that, sometimes I have that kind of experience. Um, uh, I think we have a little time for some audience questions. Do we have a mic? Oh yes, we do have a mic. Uh, right here. This question's for Jim and for um, Joel. You both had the good fortune and the talent to play both dramatic roles. <laughs> I, like, I like watching people ask me questions. <laughs> oh, wait, let me stand up. <laughs> uh, no, you need to be okay. seated for it. No, no. <laughs> Um, you've both had the talent and the good fortune to play both dramatic and comedic roles. Are you more comfortable in one than the other? And do you do anything different, feel any different when you're playing one than the other? I'll answer for Jim. Okay. Uh, no, no, sorry. Please. Uh, no, I, 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 Jim is so, uh, I, I'm so jealously of his talent that he can do both. i that stool. <laughs> I can't, now I, I don't know what to say. No, go, I, 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 I know Jim has done more dramatic work than me, and it's, it's definitely better than mine. No, uh, I, I have no preference. Uh, I, even though I have became, I, on the soup, I, uh, I cut my teeth telling fart jokes and saying The Bachelor was a game show. So, uh, and then fortunately, Community uh, came along, and, uh, and that obviously was comedic with some uh, dramatic stuff and so with like the assassination nation and a little bit more serious stuff it's been it's been more harder convincing people that I can do it 
which still, after I do it, they go, I'm not convinced. <laughs> but um, but uh, I, I, people always just assume, you're like, eh, hey, you're that... You're that guy who used to work with uh, Donald Glover. And so, uh, <laughs> because Donald's done well, and uh, very well. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, I love doing both, and I, I don't have a preference. I, I feel I don't have a preference either, and I don't feel differently about doing them. Although the situations obviously dictate differences that are brought out within you, and I mean, you know. Yeah, and, and some, I think, are the obvious ways. Um, but mostly it's just, you know, trying to talk honestly as that character to the other ones. And I don't know. I do love getting to do both, though. But I do think Joel brings up an excellent point. It's just the Hollywood thing. Whatever it is that you do that most people see you do it first, they're like, you you, you like doing comedy, right? In fact, I, I always have to feel for a decade now about my stand-up career that never happened. I mean, I'm like, mm. no, I didn't. I didn't, never did it. And I would fail miserably, I think. <laughs> I'll try. You should try it. <laughs> but don't you think, like, there's one aspect of making comedies that I love a lot, which is, um, I mean, I think the, the, the mechanics of acting are this, the same, but, um, you know, when you go to Video Village and try and beat a joke, and everyone, or on tape night, uh, and there's a line, and they're trying to beat it, I just find that to be the most fun yeah thing. Everyone just trying to top each I'll other. I'll be on. I don't participate. I'm very bad at trying to beat jokes. I'm like, I don't know. Tell me what to say. And I'll uh. <laughs> um, I'm very bad at it, but they're good at it on our show. I like to do that for dramatic stuff where I go like, let's make this sadder. <laughs> and, uh, watch I can this. make this sadder. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I'm in the red here. Do we... The microphone is coming. You're in the red. <laughs> but then there's another lady next to you who's wearing red, so. There it is. Uh, my, Jan Price from iHeartRadio, and my question is for all of you. Um, what's your greatest obstacle, what, or what has been your greatest obstacle uh, in your career? Got a big one there for you guys. Big. Um, I think... I think something I still like have to deal with is getting out of my own head. Like my favorite thing as an actor is when you're so in the moment you don't even realize you're acting. You're just there with a bunch of good people and you're just in it. And there's sometimes where I just can't get out of my head and I don't know why that is. And I'm I'm nervous about something. I'm nervous about saying some line or or, or looking weird on camera. It doesn't happen often, but it happens enough that I'm like, why can't I? Why can't I shake it? Like it doesn't matter. I I know it's okay to to mess up and, and look like an idiot, but even though you tell yourself that, it's, it's still hard to like follow advice, even though you're giving it to yourself. So I think just like, just letting loose sometimes, even though I feel like I'm doing it, and all of a sudden I realize, oh, the director's like, you're kind of stiff. I'm like, huh, well, my bad. Does it usually take the director kind of pulling you out of that, or are you able to? Sometimes, it's honestly, I think it's just sometimes I'll just, I'll just do it bigger than I think I need to do it, and then it ends up being the perfect amount. Yeah. You don't look weird on camera. <laughs> really? John Cho. <laughs> this hair is perfect. <laughs> How about the rest of you? Uh, do you remember a time you were really struggling to get over a big hurdle or challenge? I don't know if there's an external thing, but internally, like the, every, everything I regret or every performance that I dislike or in a moment have been, uh, I think, me trying too hard or just stressed out, I gotta be good. I, this scene's really important to me. Um, and I get in my own head and stressed out, and it shows, and it's, um, 
And so, uh, uh, yeah, it's an internal thing. I think for any, I mean, unless you're wearing, have to deal with some sort of prosthetic or some sort of really difficult, like, like the Grinch makeup for Jim Carrey or whatever sounded torturous, but you know, it's just movie making. Um, is yourself, it'll take it out of your own way. And it goes to your point of like, just quit the play. We're supposed yeah, to be play, playing. Yeah, play, enjoy yourself. Um, yeah. But you want it to be, you, you feel passionate about it and you want it to be good, but it's, it's like trying to hold on to sand or water. The more you grip, you can't, you know. Wasn't that a deep thing I just said? Yeah. <laughs> good. Thank you. You guys are really good with the metaphors. Thank you. Skiing, sand. I like. Joel. I, I no, I agree completely. Is just trying to distract yourself to stop thinking about your own self. Mm -hmm. uh, so I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Janet, from My Heart Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I stream you in the dressing room every day. Yeah. That Not you personally, but through your app. <laughs> my biggest obstacle is turning off I Heart Radio. <laughs> Joel, did this uh, How about here in the front? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm making the mic jobs very talented. Hi. There we go. Um, this song? Okay. Um, I just have a question um, with like the business side and it gets all frustrated. How do you keep yourself inspired, like to feed your creative, more artistic side? Um, when, you know, do you ever feel overwhelmed with that, you know, business stuff? I mean, I always, I just love, I love being on set and I love the crew. So if I'm ever like pissed that a scene's getting cut that I really, really love, or they're changing dialogue, and even though I've tried to persuade them not to, I really don't have any control over it. Um, I just kind of, I just kind of hang out with the crew because usually they're happy to, they're happy to be there and be making the movie. And if you're excited, they're excited, so you can kind of feed off their excitement when you don't have enough for yourself. I think to John's point about not taking the roles that he felt were possibly derogatory and he didn't see how it would advance. I feel like that's, that's the same thing as picking roles that feed your soul one way or the other. And that could be somewhat of a business decision, but if you know why you're there and you want to be there, that, I mean, that, that kind of solves almost all ills unless something really weird happens, because you're like, I just really want to do this, and I, you know. I, I guess I gotta say that sometimes you think, it, I, I read scripts and, you know, people are, you know, they're pitching you stuff that, you think of these things as um, deals or business opportunities or the next thing, uh, uh, but then I, I gotta remember to watch more movies. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's right, I like this. This right. is fun and yeah. it's something that you want to be in and play in and um, so I really do have to remind myself to watch more stuff because you can uh, sort of, forget to do it because mm -hmm. there's life and uh, you do other things but it's important to watch movies is there a this makes me think of a question is there a movie in the last year or performance that you really loved that stuck with you I think it's been a pretty great year for movies overall I just finished the second season of Fargo that's how far behind I am and I uh, cried because it was over and cried because I ran through my house screaming, uh, holding up my iPad going, uh, you've got to see this, and then taking my family and holding their heads up to it. And uh, I, I, every single moment of that, I was just like, this is astonishing. I like Get Out. Uh, I just thought uh, it did everything really well. Uh, I mean, there, I don't think there was an aspect of that film that I 
thought was below par. It just was, the acting was unbelievable. The writing was so good. It was such a great idea. And then it does something really hard, which is to make you, uh, which is uh, to, to, to address the single most difficult topic in American culture, race. And uh, I don't know, how, how did they do that um, so uh, effortlessly? It's terrific. Anything that you've well, I just saw American Animals here, which is, I guess, why it's on my mind. But specifically, what was really, it was one of those inspirational moments where you wanted to kind of get to back to work and do your own thing. The four main guys in that, their performances were so good and so grounded and so, uh, so focused and doing something without ever being effortful or in any way false or pushed. It was just, it was, it was really, anytime I see something like that, I'm like, <clears throat> I want to get back at it. I want to do even better. I want to do more. Um, so yeah, but that was just here, so that was pretty recent. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, well, I think we can do one more in the audience. How about over here? Ten more questions. Hi. <laughs> they told me to stand up. Okay, so um, creatively or otherwise, how, um, to what extent have you felt like you wanted to create your project, especially since I feel like there's more of that going on for like actors um, to create your own projects and maybe have your voice be heard, your creative vision be trans translated on screen? I don't know if I'm ready yet, to be honest. Like people keep asking me, like, "Oh, are you gonna are you gonna direct? Your sister's directed. Are you gonna direct?" And I don't know yet. It's like a lot of it's a lot of pressure to tell your own story. And I think it's I think it's um, amazing for the people that are brave enough to do it. And you know, I hope one day I can I won't be as shy and I can do it. But I don't know. For now, I'm just gonna keep getting inspired by other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are seeing more actors producing. You know, to have a little more control over the process and is that something that's I think I'm interested in I think I'm split um, on the one hand I'd love to have a say more of a say in things and I think it's fun to come up with ideas and yes I've uh, been thinking about it more and more on the other hand I you know I got into this to jump from thing to thing and have fun and so uh, I'm of two minds about it certainly mm -hmm. I feel like we kind of, I fell into it a little bit. I was very lucky with, with my situation with Warner Brothers and the TV show to have a situation where I could open up a, a production pod where I could, if, and I felt very experimental with, well, let's see what happens. And it's organic. I didn't want to do anything forced. And, and this, this, the movie we have here was a play that was brought to us by the other producers on it. And, um, and just started snowballing. And when we finished shooting, I honestly felt like, never again. I like to act, <laughs> never. But I will be honest, I did a 180 during post. And I, I didn't understand how to be effectual during production itself, partly because I was acting in it most days. But I guess that's part of the reason. Maybe that's just not my cup of tea. But during post, I, I, I really enjoy getting to be a part, part of the process. And um, so again, we'll see what happens. I'm trying to be as organic with it as I can, like I said, and only do what feels good and, mm -hmm. and, and is, it seems to be a good fit. Mm -hmm. um, so well, time will tell. Joel, how about you? I mean, you have control, I assume, with like the Netflix show and things like that. Are you looking for more of that in other films that you... Uh, no, I, with the new show, I'm, yes, I'm gonna... No, I mean, morphing jokes about uh, reality shows might not turn into 
the next Transformers. But um, it, I, 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 when I like, I'm working with David Wayne on this uh, uh, stupid futile gesture, and then with, and I mean Sam Levinson. Uh, I, I, I look at those guys. I'm like, I, my brain is not big enough to do what they're doing, and they have endless amounts of energy and creativity. Uh, but I, so I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I put my name on stuff in hopes that it will make money. But, um, uh, but uh, your new purse line is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Joel McHale clutch. Yeah. Uh, no, but the new show was to occupy the rain, 90% of my brain going like, oh man, what, what are we gonna do? And uh, so that that I I do stress out about that and, and try to I try to not tell the same fart joke over and over because I know you demand different fart jokes, especially Janet from iHeartRadio. One thing that I found um, uh, that I liked about the, like the post process that. The, is uh, I didn't realize how uh, lonesome acting felt sometimes. You know, like you feel so vulnerable, even though you have a cast and stuff. And then, but when you're in the editing room um, with your editor and your producer, it's um, it just feels like so much more of a team and so much mm-hmm. more of a collaboration and so so much safer. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it feels so it's so dangerous mm-hmm. to act and put yourself out there and and that thing is low and. So. No, it's true. It also highlighted for me how much, and I knew this about myself, but it really highlighted how much of my jo- joy of acting, and it turns out being a part of this business, is simply the act of storytelling. I love being a part of helping tell a story. And so the post-process was also a very, you were like, oh, but if you do this, it tells a different, it, you know. I, and I knew intellectually that happened, but to feel it and to be part of helping decide which one to go, that was really thrilling. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us, and thanks, everyone, for coming. Thank you. Subscribe for more panels from the Sundance TV headquarters at the 2018 Sundance Film Festival.